Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, yeah! It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. It's the Coastline Classic Nitro Review back once again with Renegade Master. We're back in 1996 as the NWO uh, starts to cast its evil, uh, deplorable shadow. Our shadow is being cast via your ears and whatever podcatcher you're listening to uh, with a recap of what was going on between then and now and forever. Who be we? I be Fake Jordy, radio presenter without portfolio. Impact Wrestling ring announcer Tom Campbell. And I am with the resident WCW kid of Cultaholic Wrestling, the one and only Sam Driver. Uh, right. Sang your name there. Yeah, you do. It you've, was lovely. You've changed your hair again. Uh, it's just, it's it's getting to that awkward length where it's easier to just push it over to the side than have it <laughs> forward. I'm growing it out, I've decided. So I'm next time I get my hair cut, it's going to be, it's all going to be in, in, there's apparently a plan my barber's worked out so we can get past the awkward phase of haircut. Ooh, I like is that you've a got mullet? a plan. God knows what it is. I'm going to find out when we get there. But... I need to play because otherwise you get to that awkward phase and it just looks like you got a bob cut and then yeah. a bob cut and it sort of just goes that longer and it's just crap. And with my hair being really straight, it just kind of sits boringly. So you need to do shit with it until it grows. Otherwise, it just looks like a mess. Do tell me what that plan is when you know it. I'll find out. Yeah. Perm? Yeah. I'm fine with perm. Just because yeah. mine does the thing where it, I like Michael McDonald. Yeah. It just grows out. It's once it gets going, once it's heavy enough, my hair will just hang. But the problem is, again, with it being too straight, it just hangs perfectly straight. Like, I can just wash it, leave it wet, and walk to work in the middle of winter. You get pneumonia. But, like, I can, I can, like, just leave it all tangled and everything. By midday, it'll all be flat. It's, oh. It just sort of straightens itself. It's weird. That's a dream. No, That's it's a, not. It's, it's, it's it agony. is it for me when your hair goes... Boring. Boring. I just want some curl to it or something. <laughs> you and Alex have the same problem. Yeah. <laughs> Need everybody curls. Everybody with curly hair is like, fuck you, I just really want straight hair. <laughs> uh, you've applied your curlers to our email this week, classic at cultaholic.com if you want to say anything. Hello, boys, says Craig in Newcastle. You right, Craig? Was a classic Smackdown review listener, but started listening to the Nitro one as I've caught up with the Smackdown I'm review so now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cold bath, in it? Just have to say, loving the Nitro reviews, which devolve into Sam trying to cause an uprising. <laughs> <laughs> My question to you, lovely boys, is at which point watching Nitro did you realise that the war was lost? Or did you feel it could keep going? Thanks for the laughs. I always thought 
I mean, it was maybe a bit too late, but like, there was a noticeable drop in quality. The NWO story started meandering, especially around like late 98, 99. And then you get to a point where it's just not, everything's just wacky. Everything's too much. <laughs> There's like, it's, it's fun to watch as a kid. It's ridiculous. But like, trying to think of like a set exact point. I, is the finger poker tomb too obvious? Probably, but at the same time, I mean that that's like the the ultimate nail in the coffin, isn't it? That's like, it's. I think Goldberg you know, losing Goldberg's the title. Street, Goldberg losing the title. I think big part of it for me as a massive Brett fan as a kid was Brett coming in and then that kind of going or not going nowhere because he wins the title, but just feeling flat. So it's Bret Hart. And he just didn't fit, and it just didn't work, and it was—it just didn't feel like it was a wrestling product anymore. It was the first time that you probably felt like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you yeah, know what you're doing. they've been given Bret Hart, and they're like, "Don't know where to put well, him." It's like, "Oh, I'm going to be special guest referee. How about that?" And it's like, "How about you fucking put a sharpshooter on there, Bret? <laughs> how about you put a fucking sharpshooter on and win the title?" I mean, there. How about any? How about anything else? <laughs> and I'm sure he was thinking the exact same. How about I put a fucking sharpshooter on and win the title? <laughs> So maybe then the, 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 the point the war was lost was Brett coming in, which weirdly should have been the point where the war was won. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff gets mishandled. And I think it all just kind of, it just piles up. But by the time you get to like the wall, it's a bit like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's just a bit, it's a bit too far. All the stuff on poles, you know, the three tier cages. I think by the time you get to the year of 1999, it's all is completely lost. Yeah, all hope is gone by yeah. then, without a doubt. Not even Scott Steiner's, like, you know, bringing in <laughs> the joy he once brought in by that point, because you can tell he's just done. But give us a few years, and we will dissect it in great, disgusting Maybe Buff detail. Solo run as well. Buff Solo run was just, <laughs> the entire thing was just. You're not a fan of the big hat? <laughs> He's he, the stuff. You know what? He did it as an annoying, cocky heel. He was grand, but it felt like it was very one note. And it was like, we've seen him play a good guy. We kind of have the sympathy stuff. There's a point where he like re injures his neck, and there's a whole shoot, like a worked shoot, like, oh my God, oh, no, yeah. no, he's, he's, he's fucked his neck again. Oh shit, no. Paramedics are out. They stop the show and everything, and they take him out, and it's all very somber. And then they get him in the back of the ambulance, and then he fucking jumps out the back of the ambulance like a second and a half later and starts laying it in. And it's just, yeah, it's it's too much. We start to get there tonight, though, but not a Russo oh. in sight for a few years. No, we're laying the pre-Russo groundwork <laughs> tonight. Uh, hello, Tom and Sam and the Nitro Review. It, it's just us two. Uh, regularly throughout one's life, one encounters earworms. You're familiar with this phenomenon, I'm mm. sure. Though, of course, it doesn't always pertain to music. Maybe some, someone says something, something on a night out and it plays on a loop in your head for weeks. Or maybe it's something you hear incorrectly as you're drifting off to sleep and for the next month you giggle every time you hear the word bagel. And you're not sure why. Mm. Who knows what it'll be? Cheers, lads, because you've given me one. And if I have to suffer this nonsense, then so do you. <laughs> Disco Inferno and the four Elvises against the NWO was something that Sam described on the most recent Nitro review as, quote, their best hope, their last hope, really. <laughs> <laughs> and since I heard it, an image recurs in my head. It's Jim Duggaroni pizza <laughs> in a hooded floor-length robe whispering to Eric Bischoff a la Princess Leia in episode 4 A New Hope save me Obi Glenn Gilberti you're my only hope yes 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm all about that stuff. My stupid brain cursed me with this, and I'll be dipped if I'm carrying this cross by myself. So, Sam, grab a hold and put your back into it, bud, because now save me, Obi Glenn Gilberti, <laughs> and all its attended hilarious imagery and crossover. Star Wars slash NWO potential is in your hands now. Good luck, Pandora. Thank you very much. Uh, I uh, will just quickly say the earworm that's been in my ear all oh, week do share. is music. It's Wesley Willis's Rock and Roll McDonald's. And if you've never heard it, it just basically goes, Rock and Roll McDonald's, <laughs> Rock and Roll McDonald's, Rock and Roll McDonald's, Rock and Roll, like that on a loop in my head. <laughs> and sometimes I'll get like the intros, like McDonald's is a place to eat. It's a place to hang out. And Wesley Willis, you would really enjoy Wesley Willis' story. Well, really, it's a very harrowing story, but you'd, I think you'd really enjoy Wesley Willis as a human being. So I do implore you to check him out, Tom. Okay, I and, will. Uh, Thank you. Very tragic tale, but just a fascinating, absolute being of love, it seems. My earworm is that stupid fucking TikTok song that's sitting, sitting is the opposite of standing. Oh, sitting is the opposite of running around. Like the opposite of an earworm. Is that like when, you know, like, we have auto glass repair auto glass replace when you go to like america <laughs> when you go to america like on tv there it's like it's called like safe style or safe, safe style replace safe, safe style replace but it's it's, it's just wrong the same jingle but wrong it's like when you see a tk max uh versus oh, a tj yeah. max and it's like tj max Ugh. who are you Ugh. monster one letter more absolutely give me all your discounted like Diesel clothes. <laughs> Why the fuck? Right, just real quickly. <laughs> before we go, before this, before this next tangent, David from Quincy, thank you for the earworm flavoured email. Much. Thank you, David. Just much love to you. Really quickly, why the fuck when you go to TK Maxx? Oh man, I've got size twelve feet, right? Oh man, I'm size twelve feet. You Ooh, go show into, off. into like fucking. It's a plague, man. I can't wear Converse. I look like sideshow Bob. <laughs> <laughs> My feet are like boats. Uh, <laughs> My but, feet are like boats. But. Uh, <laughs> But, like, you go in and it'll be like, oh, yeah, like, men's size eight. There's, like, Nikes. There's fucking Etnies. There's shoe brands I've not seen in years. And I'm like, oh, my God, they've got Adios. They've got, what the fuck's in the 12 section? Brown shoes. <laughs> Brown dress shoes. Maybe a pair of, like, off-brand trainers if you're lucky. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, you used to be like Adidas, Vans, like, 20 quid a pair. No fucking bother. Now it's just, yeah, have some brown shoes. <laughs> Everybody else with normal feet. They can have normal shoes. Would you like some Converse? And they are literally like this. And you're like, nah, I'm grand. <laughs> have yourself a pair of brown so, shoes. TK Maxx stock master, if you're listening, fucking more <laughs> shoes in size 12, please. Not on the website in Newcastle shops. I don't really want to have to shop online. But just pick them up. Into, ah, just, I can't be Put them all in Newcastle. Just fucking get rid of all the other stock. Just men's shoes. <laughs> that's, that's what we need. Not that little escalator. Just men's shoes. None of this dress shoe shite either. Just, just cool trainers. <laughs> nice trainers. Just buy in pairs of trainers that are like 500 quid a piece and sell them to me for 20. That's what I want. It's, e it's not a lot to ask. It's not a lot to ask. <laughs> I, I find that I can't shop. On, I can't be I'll shop online. If I need to get something, I don't want to get. I want to go into town and get if it. I can just fucking I get, get annoyed. It. I feel like I'm turning into an old man because it's like most shit I'll shop online. You know what does my head in now is that Wilco's gone. Right? Oh. I need to get dental floss the other day because my dentist like just dremeled my teeth and was like, you need to fucking floss every day. And I hate those interdental brushes. So I was like, I'm just going to have to double floss with like mega floss. Um, and Tesco didn't have it. Big Tesco didn't have any. Uh, and it was like, Wilco would have had it. Oh, look, all of the fucking stock's gone and the shelves are down and it's closed forever. Great. Thanks. That's brilliant. Yeah. 
That's and I'm gonna get it off Amazon. Fucking oh, like go to Superdrug, but it's it's always so fucking busy in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the the sad thing that Wilco went because all of us collectively went in like once a month and where spent the, two where pounds. The, where the fuck are you gonna buy a pair of, like a, a set of, of paint? like brushes, right? For a reasonable price. You go on Amazon, you'll find the same thing you get in, in Wilco for like 20 quid. You get in Wilco for like a fiver. And it's just, they had glassware, they had cushions, they had towels. It was, it was a paradise, Tom. It was a veritable paradise. It was a paradise. And late stage capitalism's taken it all away. Let's start the revolution <laughs> early this week, everybody. Let's go. Hey, Craig, the uprising's begun <laughs> before the intro's finished. Occupy Watch Wilco's right now. Hashtag Occupy Wilco's. <laughs> Oh, Bring no. your own homewares. Oh, no. Bring oh, your own no. paintbrushes. Let's flog them cheap. Hashtag Occupy Wilco's. Let's, <laughs> let's should start. should have occupied fucking Paper Chase. I didn't find that. That was closing down <laughs> until two days before it went. Has Paper Chase gone? Yeah, the guy who was serving me behind the till like looked at me. I was like, so you're moving to another shop? He's like, no, we're closing down. Like, How have you not heard of this? And I was like, I'm sorry oh. I've not heard of all your staff plight. But like, oh, no, thanks no. for the cheap notebooks. See you in a bit. <laughs> Thanks for the one, the time I come that in once a year. Because well, I like to get nice greeting cards for people. I don't like to just get the basic ones with a teddy on that says like "Ma'am." Mm. Like I like to find funny or weird like cards. And now I've got to go to fucking Fennec to pay like a five. No, no. There's a nice one around the corner from Fennec. Is that? There's a nice independent one around the corner Ooh. from Fennec. I think it's called okay. Scribbler. All right. Okay. I'll have to have a look. Scribbler. Big shout, Scribbler in Newcastle, where I get all my wacky cards from for family and enemies. Uh, thank you, classicoccultaholic.com, if you'd like to say thank hi. Thank you very much. September 6th, sorry 1996. Never be sorry for ranting. That's why we're here. <laughs> September 6th. Now, this is a cathartic experience. It I is. think you, you have a week where you throw yourself into editing, and then for an hour and a half every week, you can just come in here and go, right, fucking aliens, right? <laughs> fucking. You know what wasn't a cathartic experience was this morning, my mate, like, who I saw about five days ago, was like, oh, yeah, I got COVID. And I was like, well, I've been feeling under the weather, but I'll just do, like, a test, like, last night. And everything, like, did a load of tests, nothing. Been testing regularly anyway, because I've not been feeling too good. Then this morning, it was, like, quarter past eight, 20 past eight. He was like, yeah, definitely got it, definitely got it. And that's, like, second test that's come back positive or whatever in, like, however many days. And I was like, great. Uh, so I've had to I had to do a test, like, 10 minutes before leaving the house. So I was oh. still there, like, uh, and it was like, no, nah, perfectly clear. Like, All right, that's fine, then. If not, say. Tom, I'm just going to lick your face. That's fine, I was going to say. We're that's fine. But it's right. It's not like a, it's, it's not like October's <laughs> the busiest month of my calendar. Nah, <laughs> it's that. fine. That. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Um, September sixth, nineteen ninety six. So number one in the UK charts is still Wannabe. Number one in the US music charts is still Macarena. Fucking right. Independence Day still the number one UK movie. We love Aliens. I mean, it's just a banging film. It's a banger film. How's this for a banging film? Number one in the US, The Crow, City of Angels. Ooh. Mm, the movie that would inspire Ooh. Sting. Ooh. Uh, it is, of course, the story uh, based on the American superhero film. It's an American superhero film directed by Tim Pope. Mm -hmm. uh, the second installment of The Crow film series. It opened at number one, grossing nearly $10 million during its open weekend. But the film has an 11% approval rating based on 35 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. The Crow, City of Angels is a sloppy pretender that captures neither the mood nor the energy of the original. Yeah, that can't be the one that inspired Sting, because I believe it was... No, the, the, the movie franchise inspired oh, the franchise, Sting, but yeah. not that particular The thing movie. is with The Crow was like, it, it just fell off, right? Like, I, I don't know if it needed to be one of those franchises where it needed multiple installments, but it, it sort of fell off completely. And then there was a director not too long ago called Corin Hardy, who made The Nun, uh, and he made a film called The Hallows. And he was like... Like in all these talks, it's in like total film where it'd be like, oh, like this guy, 
uh, is getting lined up to to do like the Crow uh, reboot for Warner Brothers or whatever, um, and it it looked like you know he was really into the franchise as a whole. He understood it like inside out, and it was like holy fuck, this could be great, and then it just never materialized. And it was like. <laughs> It was like a chance to relaunch it properly, I felt. And they just missed it. They just sort of missed the window on it. Scumbags. They I still want Darren Aronofsky's fucking Robocop. They took oh. that from us and they gave us that shit heap of the, you know, the super futuristic Robocop yeah. with Aaron whoever playing Robocop. I and it don't... was like, eh. I like the gory, fucked up, like, you know, peeling up to the floor in the crucifix position, blowing off his arms with shotguns a hundred times. Gory and a bit of shit. Yeah. It's what we like. The fucking ED-209. It's like... Hot. Oh, like amazing. fucking, I, I want that level of like schlocky cheese. Did I ever tell you about the time that my granddad bought me and my brother a copy of the Robocop movie? No, <laughs> just not realizing how fucking brutal that opening sequence he, is. He bought it thinking it looks like a, like a fun adult family romp oh, about God, a robot no. cop. <laughs> how did you sit down and watch it as a family? No, we didn't get a chance to. So here's my granddad's solution. So yeah. he, he watched it before he gave it to us. He went, well, oh, this is very violent. But my granddad had one of those two tape player things. So he recorded over all the violence with static. So I thought for years Robocop was shit. <laughs> because you'd see like, you'd see the businessman from OCP go into a bathroom talking about business, then there'd be static and then blood everywhere. He didn't even key the blood to a different color. No. What kind of editor is this? <laughs> Gotta get into at least green Goody was a terrible editor. YouTube. Terrible editor was Goody. Um, <laughs> But no, so that I for years I thought it was just a shit film. Oh man, like it's proper, great. It's proper comfort viewing for me, as weird as it is to say. Like all that kind of eighties weird fucking techno horror, um, sci-fi shit. I always loved uh, David Cronenberg's films as well, like Videodrome <laughs> and fucking like, just it, it's just so like Scanners, <laughs> like just body horrors, so like fucked up. Like it really plays off your your head. And it, weirdly, that is quite. You're, you're not alone in that. There's a lot of yeah. people that find comfort in just watching the gory and the macabre. Oh, it's very it's, common. It's not, I think it's just mainly because they're, they're like just cheesy old films as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it. Is like simpler times. As a movie guy, like yeah, you, you, just, you know, enjoy that. What, what's the deal? Oh, he's a robot cop. Great. Yeah. <laughs> There's your ten million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Paul Verhoeven? Yeah, look, there you go, Paul. There's your fucking money. <laughs> With he's a cop, but he's a robot. So when they made it, when they remade it, they took all the fun out. Yeah, and they replaced it with like cool effects. Like, stop it! No, it, what are you doing? It, it needs to be grim. It needs to be gritty. The whole point is that it's completely like Detroit's completely out of control. It needs to be desperate. It needs to be like a John Carpenter film. It's got to be fucking just bleak. But uh, yeah, man, I, I I just love that whole that whole era. It's, it's, I'm a big fan of like Judge Dredd as well, though, and like the cyberpunky style stuff where it's all mm. like just corpo world fucking, which is where we're heading, the corporate apocalypse. Corporate you apocalypse. We're paying air taxes soon, and if we're not already. I'm excited to, I'm excited <laughs> to pay my $9.99 a month for Oxygen Blue. Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> oh, a, lovely. The, the head of Nestle said that water's not a human right, even though we're made up of 80% water or something. <laughs> it's not a human right, damn it. You'll be fucking it. sucking that out of your body. <laughs> <laughs> You're having that off your subscription <laughs> service. Yeah. That water is not squatting in your body. <laughs> You've not eaten enough ne and Nestle products today. You need to uh, eat five Kit Kats to <laughs> unlock your daily water supply. Thank you, Nestle. I need it. 
Uh, a little Bret Hart update from The Observer before we get on. There's one big story in The Observer which pertains to WCW, but I'm going to get to it at the end, and you'll see why. Uh, but I will add this at the beginning. Uh, several sources have indicated that despite stories of the contrary and despite rumours of conversations, Bret Hart will indeed return to the WWF to wrestle Steve Austin on the Survivor Series pay-per-view from Madison Square Garden in November. This comes after the, some conversations about it's him. because they squashed the beef when the elite came running into Bret's room. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Larry like, the dog got the door hooked. open and Larry the dog's great granddad by this point. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, I mean, the Brett situation, it's a fascinating one to go back and look at because um, there, there was a real point where it looked like he could jump. But for Brett, it was all about loyalty. And it's that loyalty that ends up stabbing him in the back. Yeah. Oh, in a big way. Yeah. But we'll see him soon. Or is it the biggest work of all time? You decide, guys. <laughs> uh, we are live for Labor Day 1996. Monday Nitro! Tony Schiavone. What's the British equivalent of Labor Day? Uh, Bank Holiday Monday. Bank Holiday Monday. I guess it's a Bank Holiday Monday. Because I think they do Labor Days as we do Bank Holiday Mondays. Right. So like the bank, the banks are shut. Spoiler, the banks are no longer shut. <laughs> <laughs> We're open bank holiday Monday. You're not meant to be. You're a bank. Yeah, close. It's your day off. What happened Chill, to lads. Sunday hours? What happened to just... <laughs> I think we've still at, got them. Waking up at quarter past 11 in the afternoon, in the morning and going like, oh, shit, I've got 45 minutes before <laughs> everything shuts. We've still got... I know that for years, businesses have rallied against them. Yeah. Because, obviously, with a with a decreasing think, economy, like they want to expand like, it. Wales has set hours on Sundays, I think, don't they? Where I think they're, they're kind of more traditional and a lot of places in Wales have like the earlier closures. Well, still shops in Newcastle still do like 11.4 on a Sunday. Yeah, or but 11.5. Like, it used to be like midday. Everything would just shut. Oh yeah, 12 o'clock, yeah. you'd, have, you'd have no luck at all. That was it. You'd, maybe your local corner news agents would be open for a bit. That'd be it. Uh, anyway, it's Labor Day. It's Bank Holiday Monday in America. Uh, Tony Schiavone, Larry Zabisco, ringside. What a shirt Larry Zabisco is wearing. It looks very like loud. looks like Tetris. Yeah, very, very loud for Larry. He's a loud boy anyway. Uh, Larry says, Larry in the intro says, living in the age of anxiety, to err is human, but to forgive is stupid. Okay, cheers, mate. Uh, this is them talking, of course, about the recent trespasses of the NWO yeah. and, and, and also the union that was formed last week between Sting, Lex Luger, and the Horsemen. And then there was also just like the way that this whole thing finishes, which I love, which was kind of like, oh, then, and then Ted DiBiase came, and then Ted DiBiase like put up four fingers, and then Ted DiBiase like mouthed next week, and then put up five fingers, but now it is next week. So what does it mean? <laughs> What's he doing here? <laughs> I guess we'll find out together. Our opening match is Diamond Dallas Page versus Alex Wright. Fun guy. I'm going to win. I promise. Some booze for Alex Wright? Well, I mean, he's not American, is he? Is that all? Is that it's literally all it is? Tom. <laughs> he's American. If you want to get cheered, you chant USA or you'll be born in America. That's how Nitro works. <laughs> it, there no, is I, a bit I, of well, that. Well, the thing is with, with Wright is he's been very cookie-cutter babyface, if you look at it. Mm -hmm. kind of, like He's not really had much in the way of character development. He's had a couple of really standout matches. But ultimately, Alex Wright won't ever really get that character development beyond a tag team with Disco and later his work as, well, Berlin, which, which kind of has to come to a screeching halt very quickly. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it, it feels like he never really gets a fair shake other than being a fantastic wrestler. Mm. Like, when you watch him, he's exciting to watch. He's exciting in the ring. But it, it's, I mean, he's doing, like, step-up flips back and stuff, but it, it's never really, like much more beyond, hey, what a great wrestler this guy is. Yeah, they very rarely step beyond that. So you can't really, I think you can't really blame the audience when it's that kind of just 
you know, straightforward, I guess. Tony tells us that Diamond Dallas Page will be facing Chavo Guerrero Jr. at full brawl for the uh, custody of Eddie Guerrero's soul. Uh, <laughs> DDP attacked Eddie and Chavo seeking Rowenge. And he's on still Page. got the ring as well. Yes, and the ring is still very much in the in the possession of the wrong person, so that but will continue. I can't see it on any of his fingers, so God knows where else it could be <laughs> oh, on his body. <laughs> is that why Ted was put in <laughs> Oh, God. It's got wrong very quick. Um, and then this week he's like five. <laughs> what did you think I meant? <laughs> Ted laughed. Ted laughed. Ted, Ted, Ted DBRC proctologist. <laughs> hey, can I, that's a new gimmick from the people from the minds that brought you Jim Duggaroni pizza. Ted, we know the Million Dollar Man was a success. Hear us out. Proctologist. Ted, we think he swallowed the ring. Can you just shove your hand up his ass, please, and get it back? <laughs> Keep the laugh. Everybody's got it. But uh, <laughs> everybody's got an ass for the million dollar man. I think he made his millions. <laughs> it ain't much, but it's honest work. Somebody's gonna do it. Post his millions. Uh, it's a dirty job, but someone's Oh god. <laughs> anyway, Wright is kicking Paige's Ted DiBiase-owned ass um, until Paige ducks the diving forearm. We see Party Boy uh, making a comeback, but it ends when he flips into a diamond cutter, yeah. rolls out the corner, and ends up just leaving himself wide open for a buff and a diamond cutter. Yeah, you almost, like, it, it's sort of, he lands and then just gets immediately taken out, right? Yeah, the power of the diamond cutter gets over once again, because it means DDP gets a nice three off a very sudden but move. The entire time, commentary's been putting over Wright's closeness to the Guerreros as a unit, so it's it's kind of feeding into that storyline a bit. They tell that story quite nicely. Now, Mean Gene Oakland is here. First round of the night for Gene. Uh, he's chatting to Nick Patrick, and he says Nick was slow on the draw during that match. Yes. Like, there was a few moments, maybe, where he was slightly out of place. But I feel Nick Patrick is just getting a shoeing now for well, the yeah, sake Gene's of it. basically just like, you're a shit referee, and you should be ashamed of yourself, and also you're a liar. Mm. You're a fucking <laughs> you shit referee. <laughs> and then Patrick's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, Randy Anderson fucked up. Yeah. You're not giving him any shit. The company's got all the tapes. They're not fucking firing me. Like, what's your problem, Gene? You're liar. You and the press. Dave Meltzer, get out of here. He does blame the press and the mainstream media yeah. for spreading falsities about him. And all eight foot two of pa Nick Patrick says he, if he's in the ring, he will continue to enforce the law. <laughs> Yeah, so he, so it's it's a nice nice little slow burn story with Nick Patrick, yeah, deliberately being a shit ref, but kind of going, hey, look, the media's blowing this out of proportion. And then Gene just, I mean, it's a world record performance in a certain way. Gene goes, <laughs> Gene obviously goes back to take care of his business, uh, so Gene goes back for a wank, uh, and then immediately, <laughs> almost immediately. He's straight away selling shirts with Buff Bagwell for $39.95. Uh, blue denim ones. Delicious. Good. Yep, delicious blue denim. And then... What the big boys wear. And then we go to Gene immediately after that fade down, talking to the Colonel and, and Sherry. Yeah. Uh, and so he's done the rare Turkish triple. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah. I was going to ask you if there was a name for it. Yeah. The Turkish Triple. Was that because it was first done by, by by the Turkish Olympian in 1982? Probably. It yeah. was it was it was an Olympic sport at some point, I imagine. Masturbation was definitely an Olympic sport. It's got to have been. Yeah. yeah. I imagine it will be again one day. Why else would Gene be training so hard? <laughs> Maybe he just likes it. Gold. <laughs> He's got a weird addiction that he should probably get some help with. Uh, Gene is indeed backstage, red and sweaty, with Colonel Rob Parker and Sherry Martell and a bunch of gifts. Colonel Rob Parker always promised that Sherry would come and live on his ranch with him. So he presents her with a cowboy jacket and some arseless chaps. 
Well, she's going to be riding Big John Henry, isn't she? Well, thankfully, they, they let us know that that is the Colonel's big horse on yes. his farm. As and... the Colonel kind of knowingly <laughs> nods and winks at the camera. Yeah. I like the idea of Colonel Robert Parker calling his penis John Henry. Because <laughs> I think of the ballad of John Henry. <laughs> The song. Uh, Harlem Heat, Sam's John Henry, but with Parker and Sherry. Uh, no, they're not here tonight. They're too busy necking on to be out there with them because they're facing the hot young tag team, the true American males, <laughs> Greg Valentine and B Buddy Valentino. This match. Yay! This match is fucking literally the 1970s meet the 1990s. It is bizarre. And immediately Ted uh, DiBiase, I keep trying to say Ted Turner, Ted DiBiase <laughs> walks out uh, to, to sort of just come and sit in the audience. So immediately this match isn't important. I've put here, we all know what Greg Valentine looks like, but in case you're not sure about Buddy, Buddy Valentino looks like Greg Valentine's non-union Mexican yeah. equivalent. <laughs> Yes, yes, literally. <laughs> yes, that what? what why did we never see this team more than we did? My God. I think you're about to find out why. I think we are about to find out why. <laughs> Greg Valentine has made a career in WCW by just hanging around in the event that they need him. And lo and behold, that comes good tonight. As, as Sam said, DiBiase is at ringside, maybe teasing joining the Horsemen. Who knows? Uh, the Valen brothers, as I've called them here, briefly dominate Booker T. But of course, of course, Harlem Heat shut him down. Valentino eats a Harlem hangover and Booker T and Stevie Ray win. Rubbish. Greg doesn't even look arsed. Yeah. It just sort of... <laughs> it just happens, but it, it's like that 1970s sort of strike and maybe, oh, he hit a drop kick versus like fucking spinning back scissor kicks. <laughs> like just perfect flawless double team maneuvering while Greg's just literally holding hands with the rope looking on going, how the fuck's it come to this? Tired. I broke Wahoo's leg. Like, <laughs> Uh, what the fuck? And WCW broke my spirit. <laughs> he did break Wahoo's leg, didn't he? Uh, mean Gene then chats on to Booker T and Stevie Ray. They're talking about their fall brawl match they've got coming up against the Nasty Boys. Stevie Ray calls the Nasty Boys fat milk-drinking suckers and says they're going to end their careers. Uh, before Booker can really add anything, they get jumped by knobs and sags. Oh, no. They crack Booker with a spike pile driver and then give a few boots to Stevie for good measure. And then they run off up the ramp, never to be seen again. <laughs> if only. Yay! Harlem Heat versus the Nasty Boys. Thanks, I hate it. Blood runs cold <laughs> next. Not it's, coming soon. No, Mark. Yeah, so another, another trailer for Glacier with his lovely <laughs> Stick. Do we get him in? Do we even get him in 1996? I can't even fucking remember. I don't know if we do. I don't think we do. It's pretty late in the year. Mm. It's a bit late in the year, isn't it? He needs to debut at Starcade and win everything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's going to. Uh, I'll drop this in here, actually. So here's a fun little thing that's happening. So obviously Glacier is on his way in. He was part of a, a big storyline in Dubsy Dub, the Blood Runs Cold story. It featured some uh, unique players coming in and having some fun with Glacier. Uh, I'm interviewing one of them uh, as we uh, uh, on Thursday, which on this day, which you'll hear over the weekend. I'm catching up with the Sinister Minister, Ooh, Father James Mitchell. Really? 
formerly James Vanderberg. God damn, I always wanted him in NXT. I oh him in my NXT. god, I yeah. Managing like a fucking evil tag team, just do it. He's, do it. He's the voiceover and the vo- and the man. Obviously, he's managing in NWA right now. He's managing Maxi and Paler. We've yeah. seen him on the adverts for NWA's most violent pay-per-view ever. Saw him. Uh, so we're talking about that, and you'll hear that over the weekend. Me chatting to the Sinister Minister. That's going to be absolutely oh, sick. So excited. Love the Sinister Minister. Uh, Dean Malenko is in action next. Uh, he's taken on Chris Jericho, but there is another debut on WCW Nitro as this is happening, and it is the WCW Nitro debut of Iron Mike today. Whee! I feel like we've heard him before on a couple of broadcasts. Yes, we have. As on pay-per-views, definitely. Yeah, when it's sort of outside wrestlers, uh, people we haven't really seen before. He's the guy with all the know-how. He's the wrestling expert who knows Mexico. He knows Japan. He knows all the deets. Do you want some facts about today? Go on, man. Uh, when he was 11 years old, yeah. uh, Mike Tanay started Matt News, which is one of America's first wrestling newsletters. So he really is responsible for dirt sheets. He is the original dirt sheet. Mike Tanay, the original dirt sheet. Yeah, not and barely out of nappies, and he was writing dirt sheets. <laughs> he was also one of the first tape traders in the 70s. He would send audio recordings of wrestling matches from the LA circuit around the world. That's one thing so I really good. wish was still there, was the WCW audio pay-per-views. Because he used oh. to be able to buy just the audio feed and they're just fascinating be like listening to the radio yeah resting on the radio except all you hear is thump thump and you've just got to rely on your imagination <laughs> his first pro wrestling gig proper was on Wrestling Insiders which is a sports radio show in the early 90s it was on that show that he spoke to the likes of Sting Jesse Ventura and Jim Cornette and they greased the wheels for his debut in WCW in 1994 because we have we have heard him a few times on pay-per-view and on special events but this is the first time we're hearing him on Nitro he presented the English language commentary for WCW versus AAA because no other commentator wanted to do it <laughs> because one I guess they weren't tired yeah. and also a lot of stuff to learn can't be asked yeah. here's Mike today who knows everything stick him on and his vast wrestling knowledge particularly of Mexico led to him being added to Saturday Night Commentary and WCW Worldwide and here he is graduating on Nitro beautiful stuff lovely nice I do to think see though you. that it's disgraceful that Mongo didn't even get a big send off episode he didn't did he no yeah, we just saw it. He just went, just that's it that. now. Because I was like, Mongo, where are you? You only got spray painted last week. <laughs> like, it wasn't like he got like sent to the hospital or anything. He just came off. No, he came off Nitro ages before the spray painting. What? Yeah, Mongo. when he joined the Mongo. Mongo's been on commentary. No, he been joined the horseman. He booked it off. Really? Yeah. Who have we had in the meantime? Has it just been a two man booth? Been a two man booth. God we, damn. We, we had La- Tony and Larry on of hour one. Either way, Eric and Bobby on hour I think two. He's lazy. <laughs> Either way, he's getting a kick in. What are you doing, Mongo? <laughs> White meat babyface Chris Jericho enters. This should have been a new gimmick for Jericho in AEW. Just playing white, like he gets a head, a knock to the head. So now he's just like classic Jericho. They have Come got, on, they baby! Should, I want before Jericho hangs up the boots. I want one more Thrill Seekers match with oh. him and, and Lance, and I want I want them to come out to Wagon and Rock America. Oh, that'd be amazing. And I want a redo of all the Smoky Mountain vignettes where they're <laughs> riding horses together and doing dodgems and being like all cool boys. Oh, that sounds uh, like so much fun. It's a lot to ask for, but then, yeah, I, I, that's what I want. I'm in for it. I'm in for it. Yeah. Uh, technical outing here with Jericho getting the upper hand on Malenko for most part. Tony then tells us that Rey Mysterio is defending the Cruiserweight title at full brawl against Super Calo. Yay! Well, more on him in a bit. Uh, uh, just, just, yeah, the match continues on, and then all of a sudden, Ted gets up. Oh. Disregard the match. Ted leaves. Yeah. Rude. Teddy Great match. Just gets up. Uh, it's because it's he can't deal with the disgusting 
smaller lads fighting. Is that what it is? It's like it look fake and all that. Where's the fucking beef? Is what he said. <laughs> Apparently, as he left. Like, where's the meat? He doesn't do an Anoki and just turn up smashing a chair. <laughs> going, this is rubbish. This is crap. Get to the fucking back. Stop it. You're ruining it all. Uh, Dean's wearing down Jericho with an abdominal stretch. Deviosiism. <laughs> is checking everyone's ass before they go out. Uh, also, a lovely springboard bulldog as well. Nick makes a very fair three count, which Mike and Larry are impressed by. Uh, Jericho kicks out of it, though. He ends up wiping out Malenko with a dive to the outside and then a missile drop kick back into ring. Uh, Dean Weathers, a spike pile driver. He ends up catching Malenko, does Jericho, with a victory roll and gets the three. Uh, the crowd go wild. They do. Young, white, meat, baby face Chris Jericho. Young, white, meat, baby face Jericho. I feel like at one point I could, I could hear um, an ECW champ breaking out. Oh. I couldn't tell if it was, if it was Jericho or ECW. I imagine it was be, a bit muddied. Mm, I, I kind of heard Jericho, but then... You know, quite a smart crowd. You might have had a little bit of ECW in there. Uh, we get a teaser next for Rey Mysterio versus Super Callow at Fall Brawl. Um, do you want to know a bit about Super Callow? Go on. Uh, Rafael Garcia is the real name. Uh, first ring name was Bello Greco Jr. in homage to his dad. Nice. He was one of the first signees to Antonio Pena's AAA promotion back in 1992. Nice. Uh, he was notable because he'd wear silver mask and black sunglasses over the top, and he played a rapper. So it stood out a mile. Uh, there was a very famous story in which Super Calo had a beauty brand in Mexico that marketed lipstick at a discounted rate. However, they were very poorly made, these lipsticks. So the units would fall apart almost immediately after they were bought. Now, not only that, but there was a compound in the lipstick that weirdly caused the person who was wearing it to get quite bad breath. Right. Uh, the papers that day read, Super Callow's fragile lipstick causes halitosis. Fuck's sake. <laughs> How much time did you have writing these notes, motherfucker? Mine's just like, I think it's a pin. <laughs> I wrote that at 5.40 in the morning. <laughs> and I've never been happier. Fuck's sake. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, hey, you all love this Saturday night, WCW Saturday night this week. Steve McMichael's facing John Tenter. Remember Fantastic. her? Wish I could watch it. Yeah. Why has Tenter just gone off the boil? I don't know. I, it's, Who's he it's hurt? Disgusting. I bet John, he's... he's a fucking machine. Give him the belt. 
Give him at least the big bubble run. Give him the cruiser belt, you can. Fucking shark. I mean, it's just, oh, man, I'm not a shark, I'm a man. Just give him the fucking belt, man. It's not hard, He's been through it? a lot. Make him earthquake again. Just call him Aftershock or something. Just fucking Didn't they do it. that? And they call him Aftershock? No, was it, because uh, it was Earthquake and Avalanche. Avalanche. What was it? Was he Avalanche? Shark. He was Avalanche and then yeah, he was Shark. Yeah, Earthquake and Typhoon and it was Avalanche. Then <laughs> and then Mudslide, if you listen to our stuff. John Tenter brackets the man. Yeah. <laughs> so Becky Lynch owes him money. <laughs> <laughs> so Becky Lynch all this time has done a John Tenter yeah, tribute. Which is why everybody loves Becky. Everyone loves Becky for that <laughs> reason. Everybody loves John Tenter. <laughs> and it's the second somebody else does the uh, Jim Duggaroni pizza gimmick, they're all going to love that too. That's why Becky's music goes, John! John! On Tenter. <laughs> you just can't hear it sometimes. They turn it down a little bit at that point. Uh, Brad Armstrong, God love him. He's being fed to the giant next. One of the most underrated wrestlers of all time versus the squash machine. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the like you had you had his brother, yeah. James Armstrong, who was an excellent mic man, but not a great wrestler. Yeah. You had Brad, who was an excellent wrestler, not a great mic man. Yeah. <laughs> Only one could be a star. <laughs> And it's, and it's, it's just, the non-wrestler. Yeah, but isn't he also related to Road Dog? Yeah, yeah, James Armstrong. James Armstrong. No, but you're Brian. Not. Brian Armstrong. Yeah, Brian, uh, Brian James Armstrong. I was about to be like, what? Um, but yeah, no, like I think that Road Dog. I don't know. I think Road Dog's pretty solid in the ring, you know. He is, but Brad was always better. Bra yeah, I mean, but, but Brad didn't have the the charisma of, in terms of like the total package. That's Lex Luger. Brian's probably, you know, like the, what more what promotions were looking for, but Brad was like, you know, just a machine. Yeah, but this the machine stops at the hands of the giant here. Yeah. Uh, all giant, despite some early efforts from Brad. Uh, as the as the fight is happening, a limo is backing into fight. the arena. It's the shagging wagon, Tom. It's the, it is the shagging wagon. Uh, we can see it gently rocking on the back seats there. Um, it's got to be the NWO. <laughs> Might not be. It's at least got to be Nash and Hogue. No, no it's got, that's the only place they do it where their wives aren't watching. Uh, Tony says the giant seems preoccupied tonight. It gives Brad a moment to get back into the match, but it proves zero effective. Giant choke slam. One, two, three. The giant wins. It's a point where he just yeets Brad out the ring and it's Fuck just like, ah, just <laughs> You just see him just disappear underneath the barricade. It's like, oh, man. Uh, giant preoccupied. Is the wording here? Yes. Is that foreshadowing? I wonder. I was sitting there going, he doesn't look that preoccupied. It's just fairly routine. Knocked back a couple of times, throw him out. Knocked back a couple of times, slap, slap him in the face. Knocked back a couple of times, choke slam. That's the giant. It's a pretty standard bit of business. <laughs> even, with the, even with the shagging wagon arriving, he doesn't seem preoccupied. The following announcement is paid for by the new, new, new world order. Okay, we get another one of these. Uh, the flights of fancy, these it's mad a limbs. all right one this time. This one's all right. So Hogan's there with a chair, his title belt, and an inflatable globe. Oh, and a baseball bat at one point. Hogan says WCW stands for World Crybaby Wrestlers, and he spray paints his old shirt because he's a new man. Sting will be stung, Luger will be hung, Flair won't be there, and Arn, well, he won't be Arn anymore. <laughs> yeah. you Arn, would, will, Arn will witness harm? Yeah. Arn, we will do harm? Arn, yeah. yes, Flan. <laughs> Flan! Flan's the tag team I'm sorry, Flan's the tag team. Arn is shitting Flan. 
it's a great name for like a, a new pseudo religion. <laughs> I follow the the religion of Flan. Follow Flan. Yes. <laughs> Where they 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 promise us eternal life. I'm Flanite or something. <laughs> Flanism. Yeah. I'm afraid I cannot uh, drink with you on a Sunday. I believe in the I almighty am, Flan. I'm a Flanist, so I can't drink yeah. with you on a Sunday. And then we'll somehow fit that into our dystopia. Not dystopia, paradise. Our paradise. Yeah. It's not a dystopian thing. Where there's lanes on the, the road for people to walk on. This, is this the paradise island of 1996 yeah. where no one ever leaves and you don't need to leave? No. Why Isn't would you want to? Why would you want to leave? You if know. you want to leave, then you need to tell me why. And then we'll take you into one of the thinking booths and you can consider it. We'll put yeah. a special hat on your head. It'll help you to, to see the right way of thinking. Exactly. 1996. That's, That's it, honestly. If in doubt, come and see us and we'll help you think in the yeah. thinking room. We'll think the shit out of you. <laughs> uh, so Hogan says the horseman deal made him cry a bit but it was weak. Yeah. This is of, the horseman joining with Sting and Luger. He's, he basically says they've got to, they all have to get along simply because of business now. And, mm. you know, the prodding at the fact that there's a lot of bad blood there historically uh, and the fact that it just made them look weak to be able to be like, hey, well, you know, we don't like each other, but let's be friends. Let's be friends. Yeah. Uh, Hogan shows us his full acting range here in a very manic, lively promo. Yes. <laughs> and anyway, fireworks kick off hour two of manic and Nitro, Bischoff and Heenan are still joined by Mike Tanay, who I assume is glued to the seat to help yes. them out. Uh, Bischoff contemplates what Ted DiBiase's hand gesture means to four. It's got to mean five. that there's five horsemen and uh, four and five horsemen <laughs> and, and the horsemen. It can't be the NWO. No. It has to be the horseman. The gesture means that uh, as they contemplate it, they, they recap the NWO attack from last week, the spray painting heard around the world. I mean, it doesn't matter because like, Ted's not Horace. So it's not going to be exactly like a major signing for the NWO. <laughs> I mean, Horace is the game changer. <laughs> Horace Hogan is the game changer. We're not long till we get Horace. It's quite a while till we get Horace. Uh, Randy Savage is in action next, and he is facing the day, aka Ron Studd, in the tribute to his trainer Greg Valentine. He's wearing a lovely long robe. He is. God uh, love he him. He just comes out and delivers clubbing blow after clubbing blow. While today's hyping up the fact that he was trained by New Japan and that, you know, he's done all this stuff around the world and he's just in the ring just going, boom, boom, slaying it in Macho Man selling like a million dollars. And as he's doing that, the NW arrive in the limo once more and we're seeing Hogan get out of the limo looking a bit sweaty, put his trousers back on. And he starts harassing the cameraman outside. <laughs> he's really good. He's Nash is helping him, so it's cheating. That's the, that's the doubles. That's mixed doubles. <laughs> Savage throws Stud outside the ring whilst he's distracted by the referee. Savage then lands a body slam on Stud that gets a big old pop, and he follows it up with an elbow drop for the win. But it's, it's shrouded by the fact that the NWO and Hulk Hogan are outside the building. The NWO, it's important to note here as well, they're all getting out of the car, and they're talking to somebody who's in the car still, and then they notice the camera, and Hogan's like, get, get the fuck out of my fucking face! Mm. Uh, and, and start like shoving the cameraman and covering it up, and they're like closing the door to hide the person who's inside. Exactly. So someone else is in there, possibly a new member of the NWO. Mean Gene in the ring. He's not as quick this week and he's not had as many rounds this week. I think maybe no. this is a rest week. Well, he, this he is had, a fallow he week. He did the old Turkish triple, right? Yeah. Yeah. He did the, you've, got to, you've got to give him some downtime after something that, that extreme. So he's easing up. Yeah. He, he's trying to savage in got the ice. ring. He's got ice on <laughs> the go. He's holding his crotch with a... It's just a bucket. He just flops it into <laughs> backstage full of ice. Steam comes yeah. off the bucket. <laughs> 
He's chatting to Savage in the ring, and Savage wishes Halloween Havoc was tonight. He guarantees the zillions of people around the universe that he's going to beat up Hogan. My favorite part of this is, so obviously you've got Hogan ahead, but like, let's talk about you and the Giant. And he's like, fuck the Giant, let's talk straight about Hogan. Absolutely rolls past him. There's a line that he says, I think, I know what he's going for, but in the heat at the moment, Savage sometimes gets his word mumbled. Yeah. He says, I'm going to beat up Hogan and take everything he wants. I was like, what, like a bin man? <laughs> I take everything. Take this. I'll take everything away that you want. Yes, please. Here's my bin. Yeah. Should I just get a skip? Yeah. Maybe you don't have to knock. You yeah. Know, don't take everything it. I own. Just take yeah. everything I would like you to get rid of. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yes, indeed. Savage uh, says he. Sa- Savage says living on the edge uh, is like. Though know, that was it. Savage said he likes living on the edge. He says if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. He does brush over the Giants, but mentions that he struck a deal with the Giant. The Giant didn't keep his end of the bargain by winning the WCW title. Savage says both Giant and Hogan will, quote, melt in the heat of the Macho Man. <laughs> Savage promos are they're, they're a, a whole different dialect. Yeah. I they mean, truly are. They're, they're, they're just to that right level of crazy. It's not full Ultimate Warrior crazy. Because that's too far for me, where he's talking about fucking destrucity and, mm. you know, like like galaxies and, and all that stuff. Uh, but Savage just gets it right. He's got the perfect blend of insanity. Yes. Uh, he's a perfect, just rounded enough. A hot blend of insanity. He's got like a little finger on reality, the rest going wild. <laughs> Whereas the warrior just kind of dived head, head and toes into the portal. <laughs> And is now lost to time, floating out there in the ether of insanity. <laughs> he may never return. Uh, the horse, oh, Sting and Luger in action. They're taking on the Steiners. But as this match is getting underway, the horsemen run out of the building towards the limo. But like no one's this, in like, the limo. Who's in the limo, God? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to find out. But here's the thing. We watched the NWO get out of the limo. So, of course, they're not there. Yeah. I so why they, they were to the MG they, limo? They thought they could get there to see who the other person was in the limo. I see. Like they might oh. have been hiding in there. Yeah. Uh, Luger and Flair lock up. Nick Patrick accidentally gets swatted in the grapple and does calls for the DQ. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Nicky P. Uh, and then the crowd obviously just boo mercilessly as he runs backstage, chased by Sting and Luger. <laughs> no restart here, just a few minutes no, to, to pad the show. Entrances and then immediate DQ. So this is Nick Patrick continuing. And the nice thing is, like all the best bad guys in wrestling have just cause. So Nick Patrick will just be able to go, I got hit in the face. So, I, yeah. you know, do you want me to Have keep... you seen the rule book? It's yeah. in there. Yeah. He and hit me. He's going to force them to admit there's no real rule book. What are they going to do? Admit that. Mm. There you go. See? Exactly. Because referees, I mean, it must just be like, you just got to learn it, right? There's no like actual hard book. WWE released one, but that can't be the real one. No. The real one's got to be like this thick with really specific. <laughs> and if, if they're using uh, uh, wrist tape, it's not technically... Uh, you know, a foreign object. <laughs> <laughs> like this that. is an issue that stays it's in really, our crawl. Really, really minute details. Like. <laughs> I think the rule book is just a picture of Vincent Mann. It just says, listen to me, damn it. <laughs> just Even li- in WCW. Yes, <laughs> always ask Vince. Yeah. Uh, we come to our beefy main event. It is an eight-man tag. It is the Dungeon of Doom Dungeon. versus the Horse Mall. Uh, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Mongo, and Benoit in fine form. They've got ladies, they've got fireworks. Uh, Bischoff reveals there's something going on backstage, and Luger and Sting are livid with what happened with Nick Patrick. I wonder whether we'll find out any more about it. No, now, though, because we're in horseman country. We are in horseman country, and the crowd are in love seeing them. Uh, Also, on the entrance bit, Bischoff congratulates Kevin Green on a big win for the Carolina Panthers. Remember Kevin Green? Nah. Nah, me neither. Uh, 
Uh, apparently, Kevin Green this week, <laughs> the Observer says, did Ric Flair strut on the pitch after he scored a touchdown? Did he a Slim Jim, though? Or did he just pretend? <laughs> right? That's what I want to know. He went, I'm going to eat this Slim Jim. Oh, look over there. Throws, to the, <laughs> throws over his shoulder. There's a stage While hand. While I ate it, nom, nom, nom. Hand quickly hands him on with a bite taken out. Like, <laughs> oh, it's gone now. Anyway, nom, nom, nom. What a delicious Slim James. I'm going to Disneyland. You've not won the, ro- <laughs> the Royal Rumble. You've not won the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, as a, it's a pretty even match, actually, for the best part. Uh, Bischoff says that the police are now backstage. Still no cutaway. Still no cutaway. We're just hearing what's happening as this very even Stephen match takes place. Uh, Nick Patrick has been chased out of the arena he gets into the limo does he though or does he though yeah because we see so essentially it cuts backstage finally to sting and luger sprinting after nick patrick nick patrick runs toward the limo and dibiossi stood there with the door open dibiossi gets in but it looks like patrick might have kind of escaped off camera somehow. Mm. You don't quite see whether he or at least i didn't quite see whether he made it in the limo or not we're not 100 sure and then The most rational course of action here is, of course, for Sting to pick up a brick. (laughs) And as the limo's peeling out of there, put the limo window in uh, and then have the limo peel away anyway. And then they shove over a police officer and steal his police car (laughs) and drive off into the night. And then the policeman issues an all-points bulletin for Sting and Lex Luger. Good luck arresting those fuckers. (laughs) Is this more on the idea that, like, Sting and Luger have to stop being nice guys if they want to finally see off the NWO? I feel like... Yeah, but assaulting a police officer and stealing a police vehicle is probably, you know... I mean, there's got to be a couple of months of community service in that. I think he... a celebrity. I think he jumped... Every man, you know, that's like fucking throw away the key. That's true. You know, at least you're going downtown for, like... You know, a, a good long while. I get that, obviously, there is a criminal actions here. But the big thing for me is, I feel like he jumped a few gears in becoming a baddie. Like, well, you know. It. It's like he could have started by going like, you know what? I don't like small. peanut butter. Yeah. And the crowd be like, oh, what? Uh, and you know you can you just plant seeds, right? Uh, but no, Sting just goes straight to a fucking breeze block into the window of the car that Ted's just got into. Homicide and Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Like on the on night one. Like there's no room. He's going straight for the six stars. Yeah. You know? you just, <laughs> yeah. He just be. He is still driving around Vinewood as we speak. <laughs> like there's no room to grow there. You've gone straight <laughs> to the end of the line. Like you've got a build up to it. And then we've got an ad break. We got Gla- glaciers. Yeah. Still not coming soon. There's a fucking crime that's taking place. There's lack of glacier on my screen. Thing just smashing his police car <laughs> I'd loved it if they adapted the Glacier promo and you just see Sting drive past in the distance in a cop car. The way <laughs> like he's been this, stood there the whole time. The way to resolve this should have been obvious for Ted Turner. And it should have been that Sting and Luger just disappear for six months, right? And it turns out they've actually been doing their own Max and Paddy thing. But they just drive, they can't find the NWO. Or they get like get given the slip, right? And the NWO get away, and it's like fuck, man. And they're driving around downtown, downtown in their uh, their, their police cruiser that's now theirs because they stole it. <laughs> they stole it. Uh, and you know, there's the shotgun, there's everything, there's the radio, and then they just you know on a whim just 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 stop a crime, and then it's like oh holy fuck, like we're going to be cops, except they're not going to be proper cops and, and wear like uniforms. They're just going to be Sting and Lex Luger in full gimmick, busting crimes. Oh, wow. In like a knackered old crown. That's a hell of, or whatever the fuck hell of a sitcom <laughs> that is. Sting and leg. Yeah. Vigilante Prime police. Fighters. Yeah. Well, WWE called Sting the vigilante when he made his debut. Exactly. So we can lean into that. Luger's, you know, buff. Mm. You've got to have some eye candy for the show. 
<laughs> could could we bring in Vincent to lead them? They could be called the Virgil Lantis. Oh, we could do. I I was thinking. I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like it just needs that one definitive character to play the chief, and I don't know who that is. Taskmaster. Nah, maybe. No, the no, not Taskmaster. The um, the King Ikea. Sting's also got like a, a connection, a RoboCop. So it's not that far a stretch. So were they? I mean, it was the it was the police officer in RoboCop. The the non corrupt. Oh, they're all corrupt, weren't they? The OCP run the cops. Yeah. So Robocop yeah, Robocop's now a paper pusher. Robocop's been taken, he's off the street, he's just doing pay admin all day. Damn it, Sting. And then one week we've got to have music sting come in. And there's gonna be like, oh my god, what? Nice. People can't tell them apart even though they look completely different. And they they do the whole switcheroo where it's like, which one's the real sting? And Lex has got to shoot whichever one he thinks isn't the right one. Sing, sing, lose my faith in you. I still can't decide. <laughs> How dare you, like? Do it, man. I can't do it. It's obviously me, like. <laughs> Quick, go woo. Woo. He removes his mask to reveal it was Ric Flair all along, not Sting the musician. <laughs> I was Sting all along. He's been Sting for end, months. And at the very end of the episode, actual Sting walks in, and it's all a big hilarious, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I've got a song called Fields of Barley. Want to hear it, like? <laughs> I'll be a lovely episode. Play the police, and then just a. Yeah, that's it. It's the police versus the police. The one that, what a show! I come up with a sitcom name for that. Please do a classic at um, Back and forth, the dungeon and the horseman have gone. It's been a good match. Yeah, it's been an alright. It's been alright. Every time Ben Warren <laughs> Sullivan are legal, are you still thinking about the sitcom? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get us confused, like? I don't like eating donuts, Steve. And he's like, you just got to eat them, Lex. It's part of the job. It's part of your duty. I don't like eating donuts. People just keep donating them or paying them in donuts whenever they like stop the crime. It's just handed Lex, and Lex is just slowly getting like. Is he getting fat? <laughs> a little belly the one week. I don't know. <laughs> eat more donuts, damn it! Did you notice in this match? Every time that Ben Warren Sullivan were legal, yes. it got very hairy. Yes, it did, mm. and it's uh, it's interesting. It's nice, it's little just for, for shadowing. Yeah, they got quite aggressive when it was them two. Uh, ben Warren gets isolated for ages until he avoids a double top rope. Faces from the faces of fear, he gets a tag to Flair, and from here the match falls apart. And in the carnage, woman helps Flair win, and then she chews out Benoit for it. Yeah, I don't know whether it's because her loyalty had been brought into question, and it's her going, "See, told you I'm loyal to you." Fuck you. Fuck you, Chris Benoit. Uh, and then in all of this, here come the fucking outsiders. Oh, it's Hall. No. It's Nash. It's Hogan. They're beating everyone up. And they're all wearing the standard NWO t-shirt at long last. Yay. Yay. They clash. It's lovely. Heenan fucking legs it. Like, this is a not-safe-working yeah, environment. I've got a bad neck, pal. <laughs> Everybody gets a pace in the ring until, don't worry, the Giant's here! He's come to save that, the that, day! That iconic, like, glass shatter moment, like you get with Steve Austin. Nothing compares to... <laughs> that you get with the fucking Dungeon of Doom music. Here comes the Giant. He gets into the ring. He sizes up the NWO, and then he... Choke slams the Barbarian! <laughs> I love Bischoff's call here. And it's the only thing I like about this is when Eric Bischoff... The Giants finally joined the Horsemen! No, oh, wait, no, I 
fuck? Yeah, and he yeah. realizes that it's actually the NWO. He, what he does is he'll go, he joins the house and he goes, whoa, 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 Bischoff's call is fantastic for what is a really shit thing to happen. The giant has joined the new, new, new world order. And he lays everybody out and it's delicious. And then out comes Macho Man with a chair, starts swinging it wildly. And then he ends up eating about five chair shots from Hogan. Uh, probably a choke slam. Yeah. What else does he eat? Three uh, leg drops. Three, uh, I believe, three leg yeah. drops. Uh, and the ring is just being filled with detritus yeah, as these leg spray drops. Paint is 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 front with NWO, and they spray paint a big yellow streak down his back. <sighs> It's great. Arn and Mongo try and sneak up. They get walloped on the apron as well. And Savage is left, as you say, to get spray painted all on his own. The NWO clear the announce table out once more. Hogan is on the comms headset and he says, is there any question now who is the most powerful organization? And Hogan then teases that more are coming. And then God bless the giant here. This goes a bit wrong because of timing issues. And Hogan. And Hogan. As well. Hogan tries to save it. So the giant has obviously been told, here's the thing. You're going to go and tell this, this shaggy dog story about how you went to, he got a call from Ted DiBiase and he took you to Hogan's house and Hogan had loads of motorbikes. 25,000 square feet or something. Uh, Matt, yeah, 25,000 square feet of Hogan's house. He gives this exposition of what Hogan's house looked like. All the while, Hogan is trashing the set. So like Hogan is giving him the time. Mm. So he's like picking up the, the WCW Nitro shield off the front of the table and spray painting it and like laughing and smashing it. And they're just trashing in the place and giants like got the complete control of the scene but it just sort of falls apart a little bit it's it? because the because the baby faces rally and they start to make their way towards the ring far sooner than i think anybody thought and giant yeah, so isn't it's, really it's, mature it's enough just getting it out like he's just getting through the story to the point where it's like you know and he showed me what you can get in this business if you're willing to sort of do it and he's like, i'm sitting at home with my wife and he's like talking as a normal person for the first time which is interesting on screen because so far he's just been you know like fucking ah, I'm the giant uh, and you're getting all this character development and then yeah all up come the baby faces and then they have to stop brawl and then he comes back to the desk to try and finish the story but obviously sort of in the melee forgets where he was so it kind of has to start again and then Hogan hops up and Hogan's like ah I've got my bit I've got to say real quick and sort of says that over the top of him and cuts him off and it's it's a bit it's really Bless messy. You. It was yeah. Had he had a few more years under his belt, he may have been able to have read the situation and cut the story short, got to yeah. the crux of it. But instead, he was reeling off this big long diatribe. Yeah. Couldn't break away from it at a point, and Hogan ended up having to jump in and get his bit in. And even that bit is somewhat clumsy because Hogan goes, "Whether you like it or you don't, it's the best thing going today," which is Ric Flair's quote. And Giant joins in, but Giant gets the quote wrong as well because he goes, "Whether you like it or whether you don't." like it <laughs> it's the best thing going today and then giant gives us a very low ebbed woo and they destroy the announce table as the and show goes off the air all of the piss cups all the piss cups yeah. <laughs> now we know how much mike tenay pisses like a racehorse <laughs> like a racehorse and that was nitro <laughs> a chaotic ending to monday nitro nice episode though not a lot happened, but a lot of character development in, in other regards. Like, not a lot happened in terms of 
I feel storyline, it was one of those things, well, for, for everything but the NWO and sort of the main picture, mm. it was all just kind of one of those like load over weeks where we're still building towards stuff and then you just get that major injection of like NWO, giants jumped ship, like what the fuck's gonna happen now? What the fuck's Macho Man gonna do? It's all building toward war games, like how are they gonna do this? This is insane. And I, I really liked it. Now, from the Observer, mm. This whole bit at the end was very 11th hour put together because they didn't, the giant wasn't going to join the NWO until the 11th hour. Do you know who was going to join the, 11th, the NWO? Who? No, it wasn't Jim Neidhart. Um, Jimmy Neidhart? It wasn't Jim Neidhart. Oh. Who? Fucking. The British fucking Bulldog! We came this close to getting Bulldog gags on the classic Nitro review! Right, the, melt, melt, the Meltzer of The Observer says, The original plan for this episode of Nitro was to debut Davy Boy fucking Smith as the newest member of the New World Order, and the plans fell through. So instead, WCW turned the giant into the new member. Uh, the turn itself was a last-minute plan when the original plan uh, of trying on the first anniversary of Nitro to duplicate it with, with, with a surprise appearance by Bulldog fell through. So what they were going to do was very similar to the first Nitro, mm. have, uh, have Bulldog just walk out. As if he's going to save the day or something at the end. And then yeah. Join in. yeah, but and then have no, like, he doesn't work here. He works for them now. But of course, that didn't happen. Four days before Nitro, this plan was in place. They were going to sign at Nitro. Mm -hmm. And it looked like this was going to be a thing. Four days for Nitro. On the day that the WWF contract of the British Bulldog was set to expire, uh, Vince McMahon caught wind of what was going to happen and instead called him into his office and got him to sign a five-year deal, believed to be worth a quarter of a million with a, per with a downside guarantee. WCW's offer to Smith was said to be substantially higher and for fewer days. However, Smith made the decision to stay with what he knew. I think that it could have been interesting because ultimately I think the giant was the better decision because it, it's shocking, right? This is somebody who is in the picture, has lost to Hogan. It's all quite like, what the fuck? Like a young mm. rising star who's who's been quite open about supporting WCW in spite of, you know, the many people that were gunning for him and his title and the NWO situation blossoming. The, the thought that they can corrupt somebody like that and they can get them on their side is amazing, right? Because it means nobody's safe. Yeah. But at the same time, Davy Boy would have been interesting on the front where it's another ex WWF guy. It's right? another fucking mentalist so promo. It's, it's, it's one, yeah, another <laughs> mentalist promo. But two, it, it's another person from over there. Mm -hmm. And so it, it feels very much like an outside, outside force. But now it's sort of jumped ahead a step because surely the step after that would have been we've got to turn somebody in house. Or eventually it would have been we've got to turn somebody in-house. So I think we just sort of skipped ahead on that front. And ultimately, is it going to impact the, the late reveals? Not really, I don't think. No, I don't no. think so. I, th I don't think anything massively changes. What does change in the short term is all the plans they had for the Giant because this was such a last-minute decision. Yeah. They had Giant down to wrestle Kevin Nash for Halloween Havoc. Yeah. That's now been scrapped. Uh, and now at press time, Giant was set to face Savage at Fall Brawl and be the additional member for the NWO in war games. So there's a chance that Giant may work twice at Full Brawl. This is how late these plans are. He wasn't factored into the NWO stuff per se. He was going to be, you know, fighting against them and sometimes on the periphery. Yeah. So they find themselves now in a bit of a creative quandary because they've set all these things in place of the Giant and now they just have to, they have to put the kibosh on them because he's joined the NWO. 
because Bulldog wouldn't fucking do what was the most hilarious option and join WCW and cut those phenomenal Bulldog pro. You thought Giants promo was fucking wibbly wobbly. Imagine if it had been Davey doing that. We would have had fucking a, hell. We would have had a Union Jack fucking NWO shit. Oh, so that would have been amazing. Can you imagine just NWO UK? <laughs> Get all the all the British lads in. Get Christ. Regal in there. Regal doing the doing the British um uh, at this point um Dave Taylor Dave in there. Taylor uh can we get Alex right in there European? Nah. Nah, fine. Sod him. Um <laughs> Giant Haystacks! Loch Ness! Giant Haystacks! He's still on. He's still on the books! Get him in. I mean, he's pagged, but he's on the books! Hollywood Haystacks. Holly! Coming out with the the feather boa, coming out with the glasses. Imagine him in that, like, is it like the 98 Hogan fit with, like, all of the the Yankees fucking hat and the massive feather boa and the stupid Oakley glasses? That on Haystacks. Fuck. Every week. That, do you know what? Brother. I think that is the great. I think that's the best idea we've ever had on this Hollywood podcast. Haystacks. Fucking Hollywood <laughs> haystacks. Jim Duggaroni Pizza was the top tier idea that we've birthed on this podcast. Sam Driver has just completely usurped that with fucking Hollywood haystacks. Any talented Brother. artists? Any talented artists out there? Give us your representations of Hollywood haystacks. The more. The, the more detailed, the better. I want to see, like, intense mm. Hollywood haystacks. And if anybody is willing on WWE 2K23 to create Hollywood haystacks, classic at cultaholic.com. Where is he Lincoln? He's from, um, he's, he's from Wigan, isn't he? Wigan? I think he's... Wigan! Add Wigan into the theme. He's from the north. He's yeah. a northern boy. Hollywood and just, Instead of it going like, new, new, new world, just gravy. Stuff like that. <laughs> new world gravy. <laughs> Football. <laughs> Foot Queen Elizabeth II. Foot the Queen. Just like loads of just British things. <laughs> Hollywood <Buckingham> Palace. <laughs> Big Daddy's shit. Beefy. T- <laughs> just slagging off Big Daddy. Beefy chin. Beefy chin. Beefy tree productions. <laughs> Beefy to chin. Big Daddy's shit. <laughs> Just stuff like that. Just he uses the he uses the NWO just to continue his <laughs> rage against Big Daddy. I'll tell you something, Hogan. Don't bring Big Daddy here. I'll fucking kill him. New <laughs> world order. Him. It'll be one word. Easy. And he yeah. just gets a really like golf clap level easy chat going <laughs> for the American audience. They don't make NWO shirts in his size. They have to print it on a bin bag or something. Nah. He could wear like a short. You know, he'd have he'd have like a sweet ass because he was a like sweet a... ass entrance jacket. He'd have like a, a black and white fluffy oh. fur jacket with NWO like with embroidered in <laughs> diamantes. <laughs> he is Hollywood after all. <laughs> And the fucking glasses. Just sitting there, like just like a makeup table, behaving like an elite actor as well. Make sure you get me good side, (laughs) not me backside, me good side. (laughs) Well, I think um, on that bombshell. On that bombshell. He just arrives in, like, <laughs> rather than a limo, just a giant tractor. It's <laughs> a big tractor. Oh, who's that? An NWO tractor. Yeah. So it's all painted black with the NWO logo on it. <laughs> who's is that tractor that's pulled up? Davies, it's fucking A-Saxes, of course. Davies at, like, Bunkhouse Stampede when there's loads of hay everywhere. And it's like, all the foreshadowing. <laughs> we should have known when hay kept rolling in <laughs> and tumbleweed kept rolling into Nitro. That should have been a forewarning. 
<laughs> he, he, I love the idea of the, you know that bit where they're fighting backstage and they lawn dart Ray. Yeah. Haystacks comes in with his tractor, puts him in the scooper, <laughs> drives off with Ray. <laughs> Come on, son. Take you to the pit. <laughs> well, but we're oh. gone. Hollywood Haystacks on that bombshell. Um, anything you want to plug? No, I'm grand. Stream it, stream it's Thursday. Stream, the stream's not being truck stuff, I believe. Yay! Woo! Get on board the truck and, and, and talk about Hollywood Haystacks. Twitch.tv forward slash cultaholic. Look out for my chat with the Sinister Minister with Father James Mitchell on the podcast feed in a little bit. And until we're next together, he's at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm Ansel Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at Hollywood Haystacks on Twitter. <laughs> 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 Big Daddy shit. <laughs>